0: Shooters, welcome back to the Shooters Touch podcast. If this is the first time listening, we're really glad you found us. If you've been following along with our journey, we appreciate you, and we're here to help. If there's anything we can do to help support you and your program and your mission to make this game of basketball in the state of Iowa better, then please reach out to us. Let us know. We'd love to help in any way possible. With that, let's get into our guest, Nicholas Baer from the University of Iowa. Many of you probably know his story or at least heard bits and pieces of it it's a good one. It's a true grit to greatness type of story in which that things didn't always come easy for him on the basketball court, but he worked his tail off and was able to put together quite the career, not only in high school, but at Iowa, as well as some time in the G League. And so this one's fun. He talks about how he carves out a niche and how he just continued to work hard to develop his game. I promise there's something you're going to take from this. Um, if nothing else, FSB, which is going to mean a lot more to you here in a little bit. So with that, let's get into it, Nicholas Bear. Shoot or shoot. I was
1: getting,
0: I was getting a lot of no letters, and I kept some of the letters because it was like motivation for me.
1: I was young in my coaching career. I did know that
2: those guys I was coaching, this was their one opportunity.
0: Want the players to like you. Just make them better.
2: If I want to keep playing this game, you know, as a job, I, I have to continue to get better at that. You have to figure out a way to carve out some value that you have that you can bring, not only to your team but also your profession.
0: It's really good information, and I pick up little nuggets all the time. For me, it's all about confidence. Man, you you have to have confidence to be a shooter, to be. Uh, a basketball player in general, and to have success. It's all about
1: confidence.
2: Well,
1: as promised shooters, Nicholas Baer,
0: welcome to the Shooter's Touch.
2: Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, we're excited uh, to get you on the podcast and uh, get your story on tape. And uh, as we talked about off air, maybe get a few corks or some things out of you that uh, the Hawkeye Nation has not heard. But um, so you tell us that you're coming from Iowa City. What is it? What are you doing now? Um, what What does uh, a post playing career look like for you right now?
2: Yep. So this past year, I was a graduate assistant with the men's basketball program um, here at Iowa. Since then, I started a new position as a IT recruiter. So I started that June first. So I'm doing um it recruiting with tech systems so i've been doing that last couple months Uh, i like it a lot so far i'm based in cedar rapids we have a des moines office as well but um essentially you know i get a chance to work with quality it talent and um call people and try to like help them find new positions and um, it's something i'm enjoying post-basketball for sure
0: well if you need any insight adam how long have you been in it recruiting now yeah, it's uh, too many years to count, but uh, but I've been doing that for a while. So really,
2: um, no yeah, way.
1: Yep. Yeah, I yeah, love that. Okay. Love that. Good industry. Good industry yeah. being be Fun,
0: fun industry for sure.
2: Absolutely. So far, so good.
0: Well, good. That's uh it's funny you started. Like I said, I knew I knew you were in that field some way, but the, it's funny how mm. uh, small it is when that, uh, you started saying that. I'm like, that's exactly what Adam yeah. does. But um, so before before we get into the background, um, because I don't want to skip over, tell us a little bit about this uh, uh uh professional playing career. What was it like playing in the G League for a little while?
2: Yeah, no, I loved it. Um, I had a chance to play with uh, Raptors 905, so they're based in Mississauga. It's the Toronto Raptors G League affiliate, and uh loved it I had a chance to brush shoulders with some you know NBA players get a chance to like lean on guys with a ton of basketball experience for me I wanted to go there um I've always prided myself in trying to play at the highest level uh, for me like playing against playing in the G League playing against some of the best athletes in the world like that was something that was attractive to me um having a chance to play in that league I learned a ton just you know adapting to the professional game adapting to um professional lifestyle what that's like Um, I think the Raptors 905 did a phenomenal job of like understanding that there is so much flexibility and, in the G league. So I was, there's always like 13 roster spots pretty much in the G league. And through that time I had 26 different teammates just because of how frequently guys were either getting sent up, guys sent down, guys cut, guys traded. It was, you know, the G leagues can be a revolving door at times. So being able to be level-headed and, um, make it out on us like through the whole season was something that I was proud of. Um, and You know, finding a way to be integral to the Raptors culture was um, something that I really enjoyed, especially coming after their championship year. So they won the um, NBA finals the year before and then being part of that um, culture, you know, the next year, hoping to try and carry that over until uh, March 2020 was, was a lot of fun.
0: And obviously always getting to play basketball is fun, but, uh, you had to have taken a lot of life experiences just from, like you said, the basketball at the highest level, just for the professional form. I imagine that, uh, there were several things that you took that you can now use in your career and your day-to-day life.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing is how to be professional. For example, I think the number one example that comes to my mind, um, we're playing in grand rapids. Um, we had a couple of guys just signed 10 day contracts. So Uh, there was more minutes to be had. So I played, I had a chance to play and I played really well. I was four, four from three had 14 points, had some family there, a lot of fun. Like everything's going great. We go back to Toronto and the Raptors send four guys down to go play. And I don't play at all the next game. And it's just like, but you can't, you know, sulk on the bench. You can't have a bad attitude because one, you know, that's not what it takes to be a good teammate. Two, they'll cut you real quick if you're not, you know, um, willing to be uh, like contributing part of that culture. So uh, for me, just learning how to be professional and, you know, understanding taking literally, like, one game at a time, one day at a time um, was something that um, I really learned. And then also from my playing career and also playing with the 905, like, how to handle high-pressure environments.
0: So what what do you think about comparison? Obviously, you uh, playing in the Big Ten, playing in a high level in college, and then getting an opportunity to experience the G League you know, selling the G League as an opportunity for these high-end high school kids. Um, mm-hmm. compa- compare the two experiences. What do you think that uh, a young player coming out of high school right now that's maybe thinking about going right to the G League and um, getting that exposure? Maybe a little bit different now with name, image, and likeness. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, what what do you think the difference is between, you know, an experience preparing for the NBA if that's the goal between playing in the Big Ten versus playing in, uh, you know, the G League?
2: Yeah, I mean, playing in the Big Ten, like, it's very high competition. I would say the G league is definitely a step up. And if you have an opportunity to take that step and can make some really good money doing it. I mean, just seeing like some of the contracts, these guys signed this past year, like, you know, I would definitely understand how that's a positive aspect of it. The only thing is where I really enjoyed the big 10 was just that you really get it. Like, which is, you mentioned, you mentioned name, image, and likeness, like getting a chance to, really build your brand, like on like getting to play on national television, you know, getting to play in, like, the NCAA tournament, that type of thing. There are huge, huge benefits to that as well that I think sometimes get lost. But, I mean, if you have a chance to make that type of money, like, go for it. I think what we're going to see is that you can kind of do that in college as well and then have both kind of, you know, your brand and your money and then be able to go to the next level. But in terms of the actual basketball, definitely getting a chance to play in the G League is – a big difference going from the big 10, which is, you know, a high level, but playing against some grown men, you know, in the G league, like there's not like, there's, I think there's the other aspect of the G league, which I was really interested in was like, kind of like how cutthroat it is. I mean, I know like some element of big 10 is as well, but like, literally like people are trying to feed their families. People are trying to advance their careers and it's not about necessarily, you know, just being able to go home and like, go get to school the next day. Try, try again type of thing. It's like, no, like you're cut. You have to find something else now. No, like, Good luck with that. So like that whole aspect, if you're not ready to be a pro, then don't be a pro. But if you're ready for that type of lifestyle and all that, then I'd say I'll I'll go for it.
0: Oh, that's great. That's, that's really good insight too. Um, j- just to get a little bit of perspective. So what are, we, what are you talking as far as maybe the biggest crowd that you played in that you can think of rough estimate um, in the G league? Obviously we know that there's in a the considerable yeah, difference between uh, rolling through some of those venues in the big 10 and, and what you guys are playing on. Yeah. In the G league.
2: So I can actually, I can probably say I played one game in front of 17,500 screaming elementary school students in in toronto um they had a i remember i looked at our schedule we had like a, a 10 a.m game i'm like what in the world 10 a.m like are you serious like what is this eighth grade like what is going on and then they're like it's, it was a chance to actually play um in the toronto raptors arena um and i was like okay well at least that's cool i didn't know they were having like it was literally like toronto school district field trip day like everybody got to go to the raptors game so there are literally like just a bunch of grade school kids from fifth grade to eighth grade all like just a full arena of kids and it was actually pretty cool because like they had a couple like let's go raptors like those chants ring out it's like a, it's no maybe not the ideal sellout crowd i had in mind yeah. but it was still like a full as a full crowd and getting a chance to like hear like seventeen thousand kids sing the canadian national anthem that was pretty cool so like that was probably i mean that was definitely by far and away the biggest crowd other than that though you're probably getting, we had like decent crowds in Toronto, like in Mississauga for G yeah. League stuff, probably like a couple thousand, but I mean, it's now 15,400 at Carver Hawkeye, you know, screaming as loud as they can, so, yeah. but really, really enjoyed that one experience I had though.
0: Yeah, that's funny too, and uh, you know, I know that uh, um, the team here in Des Moines, obviously they'll do it, and even Drake, I think the, the, um, the Drake women specifically have done that, and yeah, it's just the kids screaming. They don't know what they're screaming at half the time. Nope. They'll just scream the whole time. So you don't know. Exactly. Like, normally, you kind of get the wave of oh, made basket or big three or whatever it is. But uh no nope, not with those kids. It's just all cool. great.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, just even like like the other team would have a dunk. <laughs> Woo! Like cool. It's like all right, come on, guys, get together, figure
0: it out. But, it but what's going What's going on here? Exactly. Exactly. Well, perfect. That's, uh, and that's, I guess, perfect segment, uh, or a way for us to segue into your background growing up, um, paint a little picture for us growing up. What was, uh, what was childhood like for you, family situation? And then, uh, what, you know, what do you kind of remember about, uh, your competitive basketball?
2: Yeah. So I was, well, I still am actually, I'm one of five kids, um, growing up. So my parents had five kids in six years. So we're all really, really close in age, um, which is a lot of fun growing up just because, you know, we were all kind of going through similar experiences. Like we had like, just like really close, obviously like we're all like friends with each other, that type of thing. So um, I think that was unique being a chance, like being part of a big family was something I always enjoyed. Um, I would say a whole lot of playing outside just with each other for the most part, like a ton of basketball, baseball, football, flag football, like whatever it was, like whatever the season was, like we were playing outside with our neighbors and stuff. So um, really enjoyed that. And then like, I obviously playing, like, basketball as I got into, like, you know, junior high, like, in high school, being a bit more serious about it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed, like, just kind of growing up that way and being, like, pretty close-knit.
0: Yeah, it's, it makes a huge difference. It it sounds like your childhood very similar to Adam and I, when you you just have the opportunity, like you said, play with kids in the neighborhood, um, play all sports. Uh, you know, depending on the season, use different muscles, different coordination. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like we lack a little bit of that now when we kind of start specializing um, so early with some of these kids. But uh, so once you got into high school, then was there um, other sports that you played, or what? Uh, what was your athletic career like uh, on the other field?
2: Yeah. So I, my freshman year, I played golf just cause I wanted to, I didn't want to play football, but I wanted to golf for free. So I did that. Um, uh, yeah. So that was fun. So I did, I mean, I, I, mean, I was like, I wasn't even like the JV or anything. I just like went and played, but it was still like you play nine holes a day pretty much. So it was a good gig. So I did that my freshman year. I played tennis my freshman year as well. So I just like, you know, I gave a shot. Like I got a couple buddies going out sure. Um, loved being up at the net. Like that was always fun. Um, but I mean, I didn't have like lessons growing up or anything like some of the other kids, but that's fine. Obviously played basketball. And then I'd say like, after like my sophomore year going into my junior year, I pretty much focused, um, pretty intently on basketball. Um, just because in the spring we started like AU stuff. So I couldn't really um, do the tennis as much. And then I was more focused on trying to put on weight instead of, um, trying to drive the ball as far as I can, as I could. So I'm locked into the weight room there, but, I would say I'm a huge proponent um of playing multiple sports. Like I think that's I think you definitely hit the nail on the head kind of like specializing too early. Like just from a coordination standpoint, being able to play multiple sports, like having a good, like sound, fundamental um coordination base, I think is huge. And also just getting a chance to like, you know, try different things. And especially like instead of specializing so young, like just continue to play like the sports that you like with the friends that you have.
0: Yeah. Well, when we say it too, I mean it's something that <laughs> you know co- coaches and even if college whatever sport is college basketball is your jam um coaches like to see you struggle and uh, overcome adversity and maybe not be mm-hmm. the stud on the baseball team or the football team or on the tennis court you know whatever it is um uh, you know see you see you in a different environment instead of one that you're always comfortable in or one that you've always known well and so um so who what AU team did you play for
2: so i played for two one i played for was um Iowa Pump and Run which was coached by Duez Henderson Oh, yeah. um I joined that team just because I was I didn't really like I was new to like the AUC and kind of like I know you see a bunch of like you know 12U teams I wasn't on any of that I was just like after like my sophomore year I was like this going into my junior year, I was like okay I should probably like find a team to play and U.S. was great um then one thing I think where I would hit the head hit like want to you know make sure to talk about too is I was on like the B team there like and it was great like I think a lot of times people get caught up in like oh I want to play with this AU team and it's like this these guys like they go and like they do all this stuff but which I mean obviously you want to win that's important but I think especially at that age being able to develop and like for me I went I was on the B team and I was like you know one of the main guys but and we weren't great but I was getting a lot of good development opportunities I was able to play a lot I was able to like you know develop my game and I think that was really important for me which I think you know if I would have played at maybe like some higher level teams and and like an eighth man or something, then I wouldn't have developed as much. So um, I would just, I know, like, if any parents are out there watching us and they're examining, like, you know, what a U team you want to play for, just get a chance for your kid to develop, you know, wherever that may be, even if it's at that age, like, you know, it's with a not as well-known program, like get a chance to do that. The one thing I will say though, is I went from that program and then I decided to play with Quad City Elite going into my, after my junior year, going into my senior, some senior summer, just cause I had, it was closer. I had a couple of good buddies on the team, wanted to play with them. And it was a really good situation. I liked my coach a lot. I had a chance to play with Ethan Happ was on my team. Um, he played at Wisconsin. We had a couple other guys who were going to play collegially as well that had signed. And so for me, it was also a good chance to like play in front of those coaches that I wanted to play in front of. So I kind of had a, a good mix of both, um, but I really enjoyed my time in the Quad City Elite.
0: Yeah, we talk all the time on this podcast actually about fit and I, I'm glad you brought that up because it's something where, you know, like you said, it, it's all about the right fit. Cause you could go and you can sit and maybe not get time, but the whole idea of playing summer and spring basketball is to get better. So it's like, you might, you might as well be playing. Like even if it's not the team that you originally wanted or whatever it is, like play because, mm-hmm. uh, AU is yes, it's a great recruitment tool, but it, it's make you better for your high school season. And, um, Sounds like it did that for you as well. Obviously, moving through your high school career, um, wrapping up your, your senior year as conference player of the year and team MVP. Um, first team All-State, All-Conference. I mean, the Quad City and Metro Co-Player of the Year. And so um, putting in the time, like you said, it, it was something where I, I know it you know, wasn't easy. It wasn't something that uh, um, it just was gifted with that you had to work hard for. But uh, uh, it, it sounded like uh, things kind of came together. Um, just kind of as a whole, what, what was your high school playing experience like for you? What were some of the fondest memories that uh, you continue to hold from, from being able to play with your boys in high school?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think the most, the thing that I definitely remember most is just like the friendships I still have, like from those guys and all, like, we'll still go back and always remember those you know things. Like I even, I had a chance to golf with someone like the guys I played with in high school, you know, this past, a couple of weekends ago and just like, you know, chop it up with them. And like, you know, those are like relationships I'll always have. I think for me, my high school experience, I played on the sophomores, So my sophomore year, I didn't play varsity. I played on sophomores. And again, I was the guy, like I was, you know, the main focal point for me, that was good. And know there's definitely benefits of playing maybe playing varsity for like eight or ten minutes but for me it was let's play 25 28 minutes and you know really develop my game so i think that was helpful the bed north program itself was really good for me just like very clear structure very clear culture what was expected um and always like you know demanding that we play really hard which is where i would attribute some of my like hard and roots is to bed north basketball as well um I would say the some of the finest memories I'd have were we beat North Scott my junior year in like double overtime. I think to this day that's the loudest gym I've ever played in. Um, and maybe it's because I was just young and like everything like wow this is really loud. But at um, Marshall gym at it's that we played a sub state final, we State to state against North Scott and that place was going nuts. Like you know like you couldn't even like we had all verbal calls. I played in some like super, a lot of readers in college. I couldn't hear anything in there. I couldn't hear a dang thing, which is what makes college, like high school athletics really fun. You know, those type of atmospheres that are kind of unique, that small atmosphere. So um, definitely remember that. And then also just get a chance to like, you know, play a state tournament with my buddies. Like um, that's something i always remember.
0: Yeah, there's something there's something different about uh playing with the guys that you kind of grow up with that you go to elementary school with that you kind of go on that roller coaster ride of childhood yeah. with um you know not not to say or take anything away from college teammates either but it's just a little bit different when you guys uh you know, more than likely share the same similarities and stuff. And so, uh, no, that that's great. And so then, uh, senior year wraps up, how does, so how does Iowa come on, on the radar? How does the whole recruitment, um, obviously eventually walk on situation? Um, the, the, the story has it that your sister had something to do maybe with you getting to Iowa, you can either correct that or, or debunk that. But, uh, so how, how did it come about? What, what were you thinking after, um, that buzzer sounded your senior year down at State? tournament and uh, um, what was next
2: yeah so for me what happened was like I was going through my senior year really didn't have didn't have any offers knew I wanted to play in college didn't I knew I wanted to play like a high level I didn't want to um, you know I i mean, and I was guilty of this. A lot of kids think D1 or bust. Like, I was definitely guilty of that for me. But, like, I know that doesn't always best serve people. I wouldn't advise anybody to have that mentality. It's just, like, there's some really good Division three programs, Division two programs. But what was going through my mind I was, like, I want to play on a big stage. That was, like, my thing. So I didn't have any offers until after my senior year, um, when we were playing in uh, Wells Fargo against Iowa City West, which was kind of a tale of fate, honestly, that Coach McCaffrey was there. So if you remember – Big 10 tournament 2013, it was like the, the Hawks lost to Northwestern, you know, like they're on like a five or six game skid. And, you know, if they beat Northwestern, the coaches coaching that game, he's not back watching right. us play Iowa City West. So um, he's back watching Connor um, playing Iowa City West. I played really well that game. We lost, unfortunately, which I'm reminded rather frequently from Connor um, yeah. unfortunately, but uh, so we lost, but I had I, like 24 and 12 or something. So, like coach got to see me play. Um, and you know, I'm all like obviously upset about, you know, season ending, but, um, from there it was, um, I had an offer from Northwest Missouri state, which is a top division two program, uh, that won multiple cha- national championships really like the program down there. Um, I had an opportunity to walk on at UNI, had an opportunity to walk on to Drake and then an opportunity to walk on at University of Iowa. Um, and for me, I was, like, a huge Hawks fan always growing up. Like, for me, it was, like, if you tell me, like, anytime growing up, like, you are play for the Hawks, like, it was a no-brainer, you know, for me. So, I mean, the only difficult part was, you know, I turned out a scholarship, you know, essentially free education, which nothing to sniff at these days at all. So, I think for me, like, that was – I was really grateful that, like, you know, for my parents to be like, yeah, you know what, like, this was your dream, go chase it. Um, that wasn't – you know, I know, like, different situations that may not have always been the case, but, like, for me – being able to like, you know, live out my dream and not having to wonder, you know, Oh, like, what if, you know, just turning down for the, to go play for a scholarship um, that was always important for me. So I remember um, walking out of coach's office after like my unofficial visit, after he offered me a preferred walk on spot and just walking back with my mom being like, you know, it's gonna be tough to turn down. Like, I don't like, you know what I mean? Like, this is pretty much it. So, um, I am a call, I think, like the next day or something. And, um, was like so excited over the moon, you know, the whole thing. So, um, that's kind of how the um, recruiting process went down for sure. So,
0: then the, the whole story about uh, your sister going in the office and telling Fran you gotta right, get my, right. my son or my brother there on the is, team, or how there's does some, that work?
2: There's some truth to that. So, she went in before my senior year, so after my junior year, she just went in, she didn't even tell me. She's like, that's kind of how the that's what sister Elizabeth is. She just kind of went in proactively. Like, hey, by the way, I stopped by. Like, she, I mean, she knew I wanted to play there. She, like, she was in on it. So, like, uh, she's like, I just said, you need to get, you guys should, like, check them out. You guys should watch some stuff, Like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm sure there's, like, i like, all right, lady, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, um, you know, I definitely, you know, things have a way of working out, I guess, so.
0: Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's, it's, you know, like you said, the coincidence of of Fran being there down in the state tournament, um, you know, your, your name wasn't new to him either, and then you play the way mm-hmm. you did. I mean, the, the stars kind of aligned, and uh, you know, as a hawk fan, we we're definitely glad that you made that decision.
2: Yeah, me too. No, I loved it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, we talk
1: about it all the time on the podcast, um, on our end, Nicholas, but the transition from high school to college um what was that like uh what were some things that you know maybe you kind of expected and what were a couple things that maybe you didn't expect that uh kind of you know maybe just for lack of a better term hit you in the face when you got there
2: yeah I think for me like on the court wise like basketball wise like then the biggest thing was the speed just like okay going from like high school athletes to Aaron White's about to dunk on me now what like that's a completely different ball of wax like you know just like strength speed that type of thing I think basketball wise like that was the biggest thing and then also having like an expanded expected understanding of what we're doing conceptually just having like more concepts that type of thing so um, basketball wise that but I'd say just in general though like I mean, eighteen, nineteen. there's a lot of stuff that hits you in the face that you got to like figure out. And it's a fun time. Like you're at like going to college, you're f- trying to figure out college, f- trying to figure out school, like social lives, the whole thing. So like, I, then like being a student athlete, you know, everything, it's a lot to figure out. But, um, you know, for me, it was all I knew though. It was kind of like, that's what expect. That's what's expected. of uh, you. Yeah, but, um, I would say the strength training for sure was something that really helped me too. Um, that was like a big shift. I mean, we had a pretty good strength tr- program at, Bettendorf, but I mean, just taking it up in, a level and uh, an expectation um, in Iowa for sure. But I mean, there's just a lot that goes on. Your freshman year of college that you got to like, you know, figure out on your own. So, well,
0: in Iowa yeah. City's yeah. no Iowa City's no joke for uh, incoming fresh. Freshman, <laughs> no, to it is not that for
1: too. college for college kids in general. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, exactly. Um, what
1: about I? Uh, you mentioned a couple times about the strength program. Um, what was, what was your high school strength program like? Cause I don't, I don't know about you, Brian, but I mean, you know, I'm from a small town and we're obviously a little bit older than you, you are Nicholas too. So mm-hmm. this, the, the strength training, honestly really wasn't on my radar till I got to, till I got to college. Um, what was that? What was that like in high school? And then you mentioned it's a little bit, I mean, different, obviously up in the strength game in college, but what, uh, how did that, how did that differ from when you got to, when he got to college?
2: Yeah. So thankfully our strength program at Bedrock was pretty advanced. So we had um, a lot of our strength coaches went and actually like had a chance to sit in on like some Iowa football lifts, like that type of thing. And they were able to take that information back to us. So like, I, I mean, we, I did a lot of like power lifts, like hang cleans, power snatch squats, Like those were things that we were doing a lot of already. So uh, it was interesting, like stepping on campus and like, you know, some guys just didn't know, like, what to do with that. And I had the form down. I wasn't moving as much weight, but I had like, you know, I had the coordination down. I like knew how to have experience with that. So I would say my experience at Beddorf really elevated me and gave me a chance to like put on weight a bit more, just like have by having that baseline of fundamentals. So um I mean just in college, like I would say just like how often we lift. I think like in Beddorf like was just with basketball we lift like you know, two times, three times a week. Whereas during my redshirt year, it was like four times, sometimes five times a week, like just cause I'm trying to like, you're trying to put on weight and that's like pretty much your job. So my freshman year, I weighed, I went in at like 175. And then I, by the time I was done at my, after my freshman year, I put on like, I think I was like 195, or, like put on 20 pounds. And then I finished you know like my senior year, I got up as to big as like 225, but like, that was too much for me. But I mean still like putting on like 50 pounds, like, that's crazy. But Amazing. I got down to like I think I finished playing around like two ten, two fifteen just because I like it was too much weight. So like I was able to like, mm-hmm. you know, for me it was the best way was 210, 215. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, obviously, you know, we've 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 each play college basketball too. And that's a that's a big aspect of you know, putting on weight a lot of these incoming freshmen. That's like you said, that's their job is to put on yeah. weight. Um well you mentioned your redshirt year. Uh, let's talk about that. I redshirted in my freshman year as well. Um I'm absolutely 100 happy i did it um after the fact but during my redshirt year it, it was not fun for uh um a nice term what was your redshirt yeah. year like um what was the schedule like and then you know how did you how did you handle that mentally you know i know you know i was coming from you know probably playing the majority of the minutes your senior year of mm-hmm. high school and even even maybe all of high school but uh how did that uh how did how did you handle that mentally
2: yeah, I mean, I think for me, I, you know, coming as a walk-on, I didn't really expect to, like, come in and play 20, 25 minutes a game my freshman year. So, like, I wasn't – I didn't think I was going to take minutes away from Aaron White, let's put it that way. So, um, for me, it was just kind of like, okay, I'll, like, I'm – you know, this would be a good year for me. I volunteered to redshirt. I was just like – I, I might have been able to play, like, you know, six to eight minutes here or there. But for me, like, what was valuable was getting a chance to honestly kind of, like, some of the things we talked about, like develop in practice. So like I was on, for example, during practice, I was on scout team. So every week I was one of like the uh, opposing teams, either their best shooter, like their best playmaker, that type of thing. So every week and every day in practice, like I'm just, I'm trying to make plays, trying to like give the, you know, guys who are playing fits um, and you know being able to develop my game at a higher level, just every day in practice, just, you know, not in front of much fans. So for me, like that was something that I really enjoyed about being a red shirt. I learned a lot. It was definitely good for me. I remember um, we played at North Carolina, my red shirt year. And I remember walking in there and just being like, you know, I don't know if I'm ready to play this. Like, I like, I don't know about this right now. And then towards like the end of the year though, like we're playing Northwestern playing like some some other ones. I just remember being like, I can play, I can, I can figure it out. And like, for me, like that's just what that development was. Like now it's like, okay, I've got some experience day in and day out, have some success. Now I'm kind of ready. My body's filling out more and that, and we talked about weight a lot. Sometimes that's hard when the weight doesn't come. Like for me, it didn't come for a while just because I, like my body wasn't, I was a slow, I was a late bloomer type of thing. So like, um, that part was frustrating, but I think overall had a really good redshirt experience. I redshirted with my buddy, Brady Allinson. So we were both kind of going through similar experiences, um, which is good, but, um, overall really good experience. And I think more people should do it. Yeah. I mean, I like said
1: I I'm I'm so happy I did it. Um, you know, just mm-hmm. to increase weight, you know, increase knowledge, and and just have the game slow down a little bit because college, is, yeah, it, you know, it, it's obviously so intense compared to high school and stuff like that. But uh, you yeah, know, you mentioned scout team, and I feel like scout team gets a bad rap a lot,
2: but it's so it totally when you're uh,
1: when you're on scout team and you are you you're the guy for the other team, like there's there's a there's a good feeling around that where. Uh, you know, you maybe take a bad shot and you don't get yelled at. Yeah. It doesn't stop practice. You know, I, I feel like they get a bad rap, but maybe it shouldn't get that bad of a rap.
2: Oh, 100%. I mean, like, the only time I was on Sky Team where I got yelled at was when, like, I didn't shoot. And that was a good <laughs> problem to have. Like, you, like I remember, like, dude, like, like one of our I like, you're the second leading scorer in the Big Ten. Why are you passing up on this shot? It's like, okay, finally like, I'll shoot it. You know, type of thing. But it's everything. Like, yeah. It's like, like, but – I mean all in all like great experience like you know emulate you know what opposing teams are doing and also like sometimes you got to mix it up like for me like sometimes I was a shooter sometimes i was not so i had to like drive and you have to like figure out day to day it's like all right i have a new skill set to figure this out today but um overall had a great experience and it definitely does get a bad rap from time to time for sure yeah yep
1: i totally agree with all that totally agree with all that but uh yeah. so coming out of redshirt year um you know obviously a little bit stronger um a little bit uh improved probably um you know here from when you came to college but what uh what, what was that first year like when you could when you could actually get on the floor um you know minutes what was the year like and stuff like that
2: yeah so i mean going into that year after kind of like having my experience during my redshirt year the whole goal for me was to get a scholarship by the end of the year prove i can be on scholarship because i mean i knew i could from your day-to-day practice. I was like, you know what, like some of these guys on scholarship, they're deserving to be on scholarship, but like, so am I, like I, that was like kind of my mindset going in. So like, for me, it was, all right, how do I get on the court? Like, what do I have to do to, you know, earn some minutes? And for me, it was, I just have to, I have to really play with the high energy and play and like attack the offensive glass. Cause that's a huge thing at Iowa. Not everybody wants to do it because it takes a lot of energy and it, you have to like, takes a lot out of you type of thing, but highly rewarding by staying on the floor. And for me, it was just, like, I need to carve out something. I need to figure something out. So um, I did that. I mastered our playbook. Like, I knew the big thing with Coach Caffrey is, like, you got to – like, he can't trust you if you don't know the plays. Like, you got to know the plays. And for me, like, that was something that I always kind of picked up pretty naturally. And having a redshirt year to watch all the plays, I was familiar with the playbook already. So, like, I was ready to go. But um, for me, it was just, like, you know, once I got in, I had to play as hard as I can. I'm not going to play super long. I know that. So like, let's not leave anything in the tank and be ready to knock down open shots when I'm open. That's pretty much it.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, everything you just mentioned is exactly how I remember it. <laughs> but, uh, you, know, you did a good job there. And, you know, I, obviously, as you mentioned, you know, the, a lot of, a lot of young kids, a lot of people coming into college are saying, Hey, I can get, get playing time by, you know, by scoring a lot of points or being good on defense, you know, but there's so many more aspects of basketball where you can, like you kind of mentioned, carve out, you know, a niche maybe. And, mm-hmm. and you know, try to get, get, get in minutes on the floor. So it sounds like you did that and you did that intentionally, it sounds like too.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, no matter what team you go to, every team has needs. Every team's got something that needs to be like improved and that can be added somehow. So for me, I knew what that was. And that kind of fit in with my mold of what I was doing as a walk-on. So like, I was good with that. Um, I think sometimes, like, you know, for, like, younger players can kind of get frustrated that, you know, they're not playing as much as they want to play. But the reality is, especially at this level, like, you got to earn that. Like, it's not, you know, anybody else's fault. Like, just you have to, like, kind of understand, okay, what do we need? What can I do to impact that? And then once you get in – because, like, you're always going to get a chance. You don't – I don't know when it's going to be, but you're always going to get a chance. And then it's just, hey, you got to make the most of this. Like, you got to, like – cement yourself and then slowly once you carve out that role then you get a bigger role then you get a bigger role once they once they trust you that way so um i would just say like i know a lot of kids like want to like come in and like light the world on fire and play like you know x amount of minutes and if you're an absolute stud then you know god bless you power like go for it but like if you're not and you got to learn a little bit and maybe there's some guys in front of you you know how can you jump some of those guys yeah, I'm glad you brought
0: up the whole transfer culture type thing because, like, at the end of the day, like these coaches and these staffs—I mean, you mentioned it being a professional. I mean, livelihood is on—they want to win as bad, if not mm-hmm. worse, than you do. So the fact that it, you're not playing, you're not playing for a reason. It isn't—it isn't because uh you know coach is trying to shade you because he he needs to win too. And so everyone's right. everyone's there for the same thing. And like you said, find that niche and. You know, I think offensive rebounds, it's funny that you bring that up because as you're talking about that, I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's no joke because you fly all the way in there one way, you know, chances of you getting the rebound, you know, maybe mm-hmm. at best 50 50. And now you got to get your ass back and not get beat on yeah. defense. And so it's, cool. it, I mean, like you said, it's not uh, not for the weak hearted, that's for sure.
2: No, that's the worst. You run in for it, it goes right over your head, and you're at like, the bottom. like oh man, I got a haul ass here. Yeah. But I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, that's what makes it fun too, though. Yeah.
1: That's the way that's the way the ball uh the ball bounces, I guess it they does. say. Um, well let's uh I guess let's jump ahead a couple of years here um into your senior year. So, you know, I feel like a lot of our listeners, a lot of Hawkeye fans know, you know, how sophomore and junior year went. But you know, one thing that, you know, probably is is uh you know a big deal for you and for the program for Hawkeye fans is the fact that you received the Chris um you received the Chris Street Award. Uh, mm-hmm. Senior year, um, talk a little bit about that. You know, it, it it sounds like growing up as a Hawkeye fan. You know, you obviously knew of knew of, knew of him before you got to Iowa. But I mean, what what do you remember about him? Um, what was that like getting that award and receiving that award?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously I was familiar with Chris's story just growing up. Um, I think for me the biggest thing I always remember related really to him is his parents. You know, Pat, um, Patty, and Mike and I mean, they're just such great you know, supporters of the program um, and just they just going to see them like, life's always better when I get a hug from Patty Street, um, you know, and um, you're gonna see them. They're two great people. And, um, you know, for me, I think just, you know, Chris Street really emulated all the things that are great about Hawkeye basketball, um, you know, playing with passion, playing with energy, playing with, you know, love for being a Hawk um, and being a great representative of University of Iowa. And, you know, obviously it's a tragic story, but, um, you know, just being able to be like mentioned in the same breath as him or like having that award meant a lot to me. Um, and I like, to this day, that's one of the, like, the awards I'm still most proud of that I've received and, um, not something that I take lightly at all. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, I, I always go back to the picture. That's, that's out there of him being on the bench and with just with a humongous smile on his face. Yeah. Um, I remember watching him play, and like you said, you could tell that he had a passion for the game by watching him play, and not to mention, you know, that picture, and then you'll know, seeing him on the bench after the game, you know, just, just, you know, smiling, everybody laughing with everybody, um, really not taking it too seriously, um, and I think, I think the game, while it is a serious game, you know, sometimes it gets taken too seriously, and I think that's an aspect that he's missed about Chris, um, mm-hmm. you know, just on the floor and off the floor, too, so. So yeah, just obviously, obviously, congrats on that. That's a, that's a great Thank story. You, and yeah. probably, a, probably a great honor for you as well. Um, now maybe on not such, such light terms. Um, senior year kind of ended the regular season kind of ended a little bit shaky. Um, mm-hmm. from there, uh, I believe, uh, when I'm looking here lost maybe five or six at the end of the regular season. Uh, if you could uh, walk us through that, you know, as a senior, you know, you're a leader on the team. Um, How did you handle that? Uh, What was the, you know, kind of the vibe around the team? You know, obviously losing five or six and then going into the Big Ten tournament.
2: Yeah, I mean, for us, I can just kind of go through my whole senior year. Like, um, we were coming off the heels of one of the worst seasons in recent Iowa basketball memory, you know, going 14 to 19. And I think for me, the whole offseason and going into the season was I refused to accept going out like that. I will not go out 14-19. That was like my biggest fear. That was like, you know, we have to turn this around. No way am I going out like that. So we, I mean, we did, we like we definitely did start of the year, won the um you know 2K classic in Madison Square Garden, get a chance to win a championship in Madison Square Garden. That's something I'll always remember. Um, you know, with my buddies, my senior year with my brother there. So um that was definitely something special. And then just get a chance to you
0: know have a
2: pretty solid season. Um I started off pretty well, and you know we ranked for like you know throughout the year. And for me, it was I always like you know, we gotta get to the tournament. Like we gotta get to go, you know. Like there's that's been always, that's always my dream. I was always like you know getting a chance to play on CBS, play on the biggest get stage, and you know, really all sports. Um, it was a little tough.
1: Still there, Brian?
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. nicholas hold up a minute we uh lost
1: it here
0: for a minute that's we'll right. give you a second see if it kicks out of it. The... maybe no <laughs> there, there he is. is. i got mute sorry about
2: that
0: that's all right um but so, uh
2: yeah so, so it was hold, um, on. hold on
0: hold on nicholas just a second so definitely
2: uh, like not how i want to go out my senior day but Yeah, you can't always have everything. So, Nicholas,
0: Nicholas, hold on just a second, okay? Because we gotta, we gotta start you because we missed like the good stuff. So, just (laughs) hold on, just hold on a minute, Um, because you're still a little frozen. So, I want to give it just a second here. You can hear us, Nicholas. Nicholas, no, maybe he could come back. Hey. No, here, can you Nicholas, can you hear us? There we go. Hello? Hey. Yeah,
2: back.
0: There we go. Now you're back. Okay. Um, can you hear us? All right. I us, all right. Oh, a little feedback. Shoot. I can hear I can hear me through his, I think. And
1: if you can hear us? Um maybe try to end or leave and then come back in through that link that that Brian sent you. There we go.
0: Oh, there we go. There he is. Look at that. Are you on your phone now? He's back. I can see him.
2: There we go. How are we doing now?
0: Hey, that's good. There we go
2: yeah all right cool you can you can hear us yep i can hear you sorry about that okay
0: no that's okay. all right not a, not a problem we just didn't you were like right in the, the heart of it we didn't want to miss it anymore. i know oh. yeah,
2: it's all good
0: <laughs> i all was good? like hey, yeah. stop just a if, second
1: uh, if you want to start from um you know not wanting to go out uh with a 14 and 19 record uh, yeah we'll just we'll end yeah, it from so, there and then and
0: yeah just talk about because you said um, you're talking about winning that championship at uh, Madison Square and then wanting to play, you know, in the NCAA. Yeah. Kind of where you're at. So just pick up from there yep. Be able to edit it out. Sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, getting a chance to play in Madison Square Garden, winning a championship there, that was something that I was really proud of, and getting a chance to do that with my brother on the team, like that was really special. Um, you know, and then going throughout the year, we had some you know big wins, beat Iowa State. Always good to beat those guys. So. Um, got to beat them at home, and I played really well there, so I was always you know, happy to go out on that note. Um, yeah, towards the end of the year, we had a little bit of uh, dysfunction there didn't um, you know, finish that regular season how we wanted to. Um, had a really tough loss at Nebraska um, at the end of the regular season. I let that one slip away. So, I mean, we were still pretty confident in, like, ourselves just because we knew what we had in us, like, what we were capable of. Um, so, yeah, going into the Big Ten tournament um, – you know, coming up against Illinois, had a chance to play them. And, um, you know, I played really well that game. We had a lot of guys shoot it well. Um, Tyler Cook had a monster dunk. Like, that was fun. Just getting a chance to, like, you know, play in front of uh, my family in Chicago and, like, you know, United Center. That was special. So, um, you, definitely an experience there.
0: You guys blew the doors off of them, too. That was, we did,
2: yeah. That was, that was something
0: special. Like you said, to be able to come from – you know, like you said, overall a, a really great season, and then to go on a little bit of a slide um, there towards the end of the year—not what you guys wanted. Going in the Big Ten tournament, where it's kind of, you know, what what's the Big Ten tournament look like? And then to come out and and just blow the doors off in of Illinois—that had to had to give you a little bit of a sigh of relief, anyway.
2: Yeah, I did. I mean, like we weren't really concerned about being on the bubble too much, but like. A little bit like we've kind of like put ourselves in that position so we wanted to like really solidify ourselves but also just like getting back to playing really good basketball like in that game like we moved the ball well Illinois was a unique team to play against we really executed our game plan well um and you know it just was pretty reassuring like going into the postseason. Yeah. From the the end
1: of the season to the Big Ten tournament was there much mention um internally with the team of the of the five out of six losses or was it just you know hey, we're, we're past that. We got a Big Ten tournament ahead of us.
2: Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, like there was some, obviously some conversations just about, hey, what are we not doing right? You know, what's got to change here as we get into postseason play? But it wasn't like, there's that good mix of, hey, we need to shift things and this isn't going right. But the sky's not falling. Like we're not going to, you know, abandon ship or anything. Like, you know, trying to be able to like, keep people in a good state of mind. So, I mean, there's a good mix of both, I would say. Awesome.
1: Awesome. So Illinois, uh, as we said, played, played very well against Illinois. Um, who'd you,
2: who'd you draw after that? We played Michigan. So we ran into Michigan, um, ran into a buzzsaw there. So, um, didn't, uh, just didn't play it all that well, um, to be honest with you. So, um, yep. Yeah, that big 10 tournament came, came up a little short, but, uh, for us, we knew, right right, we're in the tournament. We don't know where we're going, you know, who we're playing, yeah. but, We've done enough to, you know, earn a chance to play in the dance. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about that week
1: or, or the couple days um, here with the Big Ten tournament with that loss uh, and Selection Sunday. Um, obviously, it sounded like you guys are very confident of making it, um, which, which I think should have been. Um, and then did you did you draw 10-7?
2: 10-7, yep. We were the 10, yeah. um, again, Cincinnati, the seven.
1: Yeah. What was the? Um, I guess what was? Uh, you know, we when, when you saw when you saw you Cincinnati. Um, what was the thought process? What was obviously happy to be in the N state tournament just regardless. But uh, what was the? Um, you know, what was the thoughts around the team and and currently with coaches and stuff like that?
2: Yeah, I mean. Honestly, I thought we were going to play the seven ten, I just thought we were going to be a 7. That was kind of like the general consensus. We, were cl- uh, we thought we were closer to the 7-8 line than we were the 9-10 line. So, you um, know, I think for us, like, I mean, I was a little familiar with Cincinnati. I don't like to see that often. You know, I didn't watch a lot of Cincinnati. Ton kind of film. Um, but for us, I mean, we looked at, okay, playing Cincinnati and Columbus. So, like, you know, they're going to – maybe like an advantage in the crowd but um you know overall just like you know it's a chance to advance you know and it was just our next opportunity we worked the whole year to play the NCAA tournament and now we have the opportunity so let's go get it
0: yeah. well, I, well I'll tell you from this side of things uh, I de- definitely didn't love the draw initially like you said for the reasons of where the game was at um, Cincinnati you know I don't know a ton about them but it's just just a matchup and then being on that 10 line I as, as a hawk fan um, watching selection Sunday that uh, um, maybe had the same spirits with a little bit more doom and gloom because I didn't have the same amount of control over the situation that you did um, but yeah uh, but uh, obviously you guys put together a nice game plan and uh, uh, things went things went really well in that first round matchup
2: yeah th- one thing I think is important to remember about that is um, Throughout the whole year, it, was, it started um, in our meeting right before, like, we started off-season workouts in the spring before. And we started spring workouts. Coach Caffrey comes in, and he's like, guys, spent spring break in uh, – I think it was in Phoenix. That was spring break. I was in Phoenix. Like, I hated it. It was awful. He's like – he's just like – he's like, you know what, guys? Like, forget spring break. Like, that's – like, and so that became FSB. That became our thing. Like, that was, like, our mantra. Like, the whole year it was, like – I don't want to be on spring break. I was on spring break that year too. I was in Florida. Like my family it was awful. I hated it. Like, it was like, I wanted to be anywhere but there. I just wanted to like sit at home and like not do anything. So for us, like the whole mantra, of the whole year was FSB. Like, we don't want to be like, we don't want to be sitting at home on spring break, like with our classmates we want to be playing. So um, we had that, but yeah, going into um, the game in Cincinnati, we knew they were really good. We knew Cumberland was really solid. Like, their big thing was um, going into the you – know, they always go to opposite glass, Like, we you knew, like, they had similar playing styles. But um, for us it was like, okay, you know, how do we kind of combat that? How do we be prepared for that? Especially when you have, like, a little bit of a shorter turnaround with a team you've never really prepared for. So um, our coach and staff put together a good plan. We stayed the course. Um, I remember we got down 18-5, I think. Like, I think, you know, it would have been easy to kind of throw in the towel that whole tournament we proved we wouldn't um ever like quit or anything like that so um, we were able to stick with it i remember jordan had some you know big plays same with wheezy um and you know just really thrilled that we were able to you know advance that round yep so we were down 25 at half and then rallied back we weren't down. we weren't down 25 in the first half i think we were down like 21 and a half but Rallied back. Tyler Cook played incredibly. Um, Isaiah Moss had some big, big threes. Um, Jordan Bohannon hit some big shots. We were able to turn them over a bit more. They were a little sloppy. Um, Luca played really well. I mean, just like a ferocious comeback, pushing to overtime. I'm thinking, all right, we got him where we want them. Like they're on the ropes, like you know. And then Grant Williams kind of did what Grant Williams does. Like he, you know, he was a monster and. Um, you know, we got down seven quick and just kind of ran out of time, unfortunately. So um that was definitely like a tough moment. Um just like knowing that the season's over, that my career's over. Um had some great moments in that game. Like one of my favorite moments is probably the um kick out three to Bohannon. Um for me, like getting that offensive rebound, kick out three to Jordan. Um I think that cut it to four or something and you know after being down 21 so that was a big stretch for us and um I mean some I'll always remember and um you know definitely a tough tough locker room to be in after the game
0: yeah I will say from from this side of things like you said once you kind of cut it I think it I think it was at three you cut it to four it was like okay here we go like mm-hmm. this is what kind of and, and it felt like um it felt like they were kind of um losing momentum too and just kind of getting starting to hang their heads a little bit and then yeah it's almost like you said just kind of then when it went into overtime they kind of seemed to hit get a little bit of a resurgence and it's like oh man yeah like you said just so close and so many things and obviously um, you know, now having some time to digest it, it's like, man, why? don't dig that hole and, and we're moving on. You know mm-hmm. I mean? It was something you guys played well enough um, to get to overtime and obviously to win, but uh, it's not how the, the cards always fall. That's for sure. It's not.
2: No, I was, I was shocked though. They, they didn't call any timeouts that second half. They just let it roll. I was like, what, like,
0: what is break going on this up
2: or something? What's going on? But I guess we'll just roll with it. And I remember Admiral Schofield was in trouble, foul trouble. So like that helped us. But yeah, I mean, you know, I was proud of how we fought. Like, I was, like, we were now, like, you know, competing at a high level. Like, and gave it our all. So, that aspect, I can, you know, always go to bed easy.
0: What, uh, what was the locker room like for you specifically? Obviously, like you said, um, you kind of know that this is it. Um, these are your guys. Uh-huh. You've been fighting with them, um, you know, night in, night out. And so, uh, was it something that hit you right away when you are in the locker room or did it take a little time to digest?
2: um no it hit me right away I think well the thing is like I mean going into the game I was like you know this could be it like yeah this is a good team like it could be it you know like it wasn't like you know just like kind of like got cut the rug out from under me or anything like I knew there was a possibility that you know this could happen but I mean we're still not ready for it like for me it was um just kind of realizing it was like the last time I was having like the jersey on um like looking over and seeing you know other guys crying um and I, you know, obviously like that wasn't I was not very uh, far behind. So um I think for me, just like you are pretty overcome with emotion, like I mean just having a chance to you know give your all to something for five years, like you know, not coming to an end was um you know something that I always treasured and some well uh we we like to end our end
1: our podcast episodes with a little section we like to call rapid fire. Um well, Brian's going to hit you with a couple questions um, about basketball, some not about basketball. Um, and you just hit us with uh, what comes to town. Let's roll with it. Let's do it. All
0: right. Here we go. Well, we talked a little bit about this earlier, but what was your favorite visiting gym or arena you had an opportunity to play in? Um,
2: I would say probably Assembly Hall. That would be a special one. That's just like, for me, just kind of like the history there is pretty cool. And just like the actual arena itself is kind of older. But um, for me, like, I always like that. I also had Madison Square Garden, like, having a chance to play in, like, you know, most famous arena in the world. Definitely up there. Yeah. Those are those good answers. The,
0: I was going to say, those are two uh, <laughs> iconic answers right there. So mm-hmm. can't go wrong with that. Um, all right, you drew, uh, you drew a lot of tough uh, defensive matchups in your career. Who is was, was the toughest guard? Who, who uh, when the skyrim report came out, were you like, oh, man, here we go again?
2: uh miles bridges for sure um man. for me i remember his freshman year i was like man this dude's a pro this dude's a lottery pick like and then i found out he was c- coming back i was like what like come on bro <laughs> Like, just go Like, go but i mean i just heard that's like one guy where i was just like we are not moving at the same speed and we are not at the same level right now so that's like i think he's the first guy that comes to mind in terms of speed strength athleticism iq um skill set like all around i think he's definitely was like the toughest draw for me yeah that's a that's a
0: good answer right there um yeah. all right so why number 51 what's the, is there a story behind the landing on the 51 or what's the deal yeah
2: like? so i wore it in high school and then I went to college, I was like, you know, I don't know anybody else who wears 51, so I'm going to roll with it. I'm like, there's no one else who does it. I couldn't think of a single person who has. I was just like, you know what? This is an ugly number, and I want to make it my own, so um, I wrote, rolled with it that way. Definitely not the most fashionable number at all, but um, definitely something that I can make my own.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, definitely got to be the best uh, number of 51 in Iowa <laughs> history, right? Yeah,
2: I, I can take that with pride. I can yeah. take that
0: with pride so mm-hmm. well good um all right go-to spot to eat in iowa city
2: uh either poly eyes or monica's depending on what the if i want italian like if i want like you know more variety i'll go monica's uh if i'm just wanting pizza i'll go poly eyes or wig and ben gotcha
0: yeah cheese wig man i can't no, i know you can't got, go wrong you can't Honestly. go wrong with the wig and
2: they got uh they
0: got some p- pretty good talent there too so um favorite basketball shoe
2: so I'm not a huge sneakerhead. I'll go with any Kobe's for sure. Those are like the ones that I played in anytime I could, and um, you know, now it's like almost impossible to get them. It feels like, yeah. but um, back when I was you know playing, like I was always most comfortable in any Kobe's.
0: Yeah, that's a uh, that's a good answer. You can't go can't go wrong with those. Um, mm-hmm. okay, so who's the goat? Who's the greatest of all time?
2: LeBron James is the goat undisputed for me. I, just, I always think it's interesting when people, like, obviously there's definitely an argument for MJ, of course, but I just always think it's interesting when I come across people like my age where like MJ, it was like, dude, like you weren't, you weren't watching him in the crib. Like you were like, like we've been watching, like for me, I've been watching LeBron since as long as I can remember. Like um, for me, like my most memorable, like NBA memories are watching LeBron go up against Gold old state, like that type of thing. And for me, um, like when you look at his overall resume, like, I still think uh, I'm interested to see how this new experiment works with going the whole veteran route. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but um, you know, obviously, hopefully, he can get another championship here. But um, for me, he's you know my my goat.
0: It's, it's funny you say that because we've we've kind of distinguished with this question. We've asked a lot of people on the podcast, and it's definitely age demographic. Um,
2: 100 percent.
0: As, as far as where you fall into it, we kind of usually have a pretty good idea that LeBron is coming and then sometimes they'll, yep. they'll throw an MJ at us, but uh, I think that uh, it's funny, too, because it, it, it has a good perspective, and so I like that. Yeah. Um, Alright, favorite sports movie? Mm,
2: favorite, probably remember the Titans. Ah, that mean, co- that's a, That's just, I don't know, I, I think that like, the dialogue, like, obviously like everything that's going in there, football itself, like, I think that's they got some great one liners in there, like you can just pick up anytime, you know, chance to watch that movie. So that's probably a top one for me.
0: That's that's good. It's awesome too how mm-hmm. often Remember the Titans comes up on a basketball podcast too. And um, and we and we had really? to change yeah, and we had to change that question from from basketball movie to sports movie, because when you think basketball, everyone yeah. says Hoosiers. And so it's like, right. you know, when you start to get other genres or other sports in there, it's, uh, it's fun how that has, has, has twisted a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, all right, two, two more questions here and we'll get you out. But uh, so a little bit of a loaded question here. What was the best thing
2: about being a hockey? I think for me, like I always wanted to be part of something bigger than myself. And so for me, like getting a chance to play in front of 15,400 people, like I always remember like certain memories where like crowds on their feet, like where like, you know, I got a big momentum shot here and like it's like really shifted the game, like crowds going nuts. Like I ain't getting a chance to play on the biggest stage. Like that was my favorite part. And um, to do it representing school and state that I loved was, you know, cherry on top. Yeah, absolutely.
0: That uh, that's a good answer. And so, all right, last one. Then um, we'll get you out of here. What does what does it mean to you to have the shooter's touch? Have the shooter's touch.
2: Two things. One, obviously having like you know, good fundamentals, like just like like soft touch. But more importantly than anything, like you know, like you know, people you're struggling with their shot. Like, they were in, like, a shooting funk. It's like, like, dude, you've been shooting for as long as you can remember. Like, you're a good shooter. Just shoot it. And for, to me, it's just like I mean, sometimes you, you can get like caught up in mechanics like this and that. But, like, unless you believe that thing's going in, it's not going to go in. So, for me, I remember in the G League, um, one of the guys, NBA guys that was with us was Justin Anderson. He was at uh, University of Virginia. He's been in and out uh, of the NBA. And I was like, kind of struggling. I was just had a hard time like, adjusting to, like, the NBA line. But um, he came up to me in one of the practices, like, he just said, you got to shoot that thing with conviction, brother. And I, that's something that's, like, always stuck with me is shoot it with conviction. And, you know, if you don't believe it's going in, it's got zero chance of going in. So shoot that thing with confidence. Shooters, there you
0: have it. Nicholas Bear. We appreciate you sticking with us. We had some connection issues there towards the end and uh, saved what we could. So hopefully hopefully you got the gist of where we were trying to go with that. Um, it did jump around a little bit, but uh, we, we wanted to save as much as we could. And, uh, we appreciate you listening. Again, thank you for all your support and listening to the podcast. If you could tell a friend or a colleague, we'd greatly appreciate it. Even better if you could drop a five-star wherever you get your podcasts. And always remember, shoot or shoot.